Welcome to another episode of the Break It Down for Brackens podcast. Today, the podcast is sponsored by Brackens Painting. Brackens Painting pretty much funds every hobby and endeavor I want to do. Thank you, Brackens Painting. They specialize in residential painting and commercial painting. Started about 10 years ago. You can find them on Facebook or on, the way, on their website at www.brackenspainting.com. The podcast is also sponsored by City National Bank in West Virginia. Pretty much any town or city in West Virginia, you can find a City National Bank. Personally, I bank with Melissa Knott in Ranson and Charlestown, West Virginia. Today, we get to talk to Holly Silvius. Holly is running for magistrate in Jefferson County. Let's hear what she has to say. Okay. Welcome back to the Break It Down for Brackens podcast. We are currently recording in the outdoor COVID-19 studios in beautiful downtown Charlestown. Uh, luckily for me and Holly Silvius, my guest today, we also have a chainsaw two yards down who's decided to cut down trees and uh, that's going to make sound editing really fun. Um, I am still dabbling with how to figure out how to use video and my resources at this time are not allowing me to use video so this one here is just an audio podcast holly thank you for being on the podcast i really appreciate you being here no problem thanks for having me nice there goes an airplane (laughs) so you're running for magistrate yes um that's broken down by district is that divisions divisions which division are you in division three division three and um voting day is coming up june 9th it changed to june 9th yes um, I know you had notes there. What were the other dates that you're talking about? I think it was, um, there's a particular date and it may have shifted on the, la- the last day you can register for a vote. And then I think absentee voting was also. Yes. All of them shifted when, um, the governor and, uh, secretary of state made that decision to move things. Um, due to the COVID-19 situation. Um, the deadline to register for to vote now is uh, May 19th. Early voting now has shifted from April. Now it's May 27th through June 6th. And then um, the deadline now to apply for your absentee ballot is June 3rd. And then the primary is the 9th. Gotcha. And you're not being primary. This is a actual voting for you. Yes. Magistrates only appear at the primary. They're not in the general election. Gotcha. And then if I understand correctly, even though you're in division mm-hmm. seven, three, three, sorry, you're in division three that even though you represent that division, the entire county votes for you. Correct. So it makes sense to have your signs and to. Yes, can't, can't, we can be anywhere in the county. Um, our signs can be posted anywhere in the county that we have permission. Right. And then kind of as a prequel to the conversation we're about to have, how are magistrates held accountable or different in how they're allowed to campaign? Um, As a judicial candidate, um, we do a lot of things differently. One would be the fundraising. We can't uh, directly ask for um, donations and things like that. Our committee has to do that, so we have to be very careful. Um, We're not supposed to touch any of the funds at all and that is a huge difference in a lot of the other um, people running for office so so primarily in fundraising is where yes um, the rules are but you're not also you're not allowed to have a, a platform you're not correct you're not allowed to campaign 
and say, I'm going to make all the speed limits something, or I'm going to change how we handle whatever, and that's why you should vote for me. You have to stay, what's the word, like middle of the ground, or you just can't even discuss it? How does that work? There's, we're just not allowed to have any platform. We can't say that we're going to go in and change anything. No, no promises, things like that. Yeah, I imagine like where that would go wrong is, hey, Kevin Brackens is running for magistrate, and I'm Kevin Brackens, and I'm here to tell you that I'm going to lower the sentencing for how much jail time you have to serve if you're busted with drugs or something. Correct, And yeah. then all the people who'd be for that would be like, oh, I'm definitely voting for Kevin, but that would be unethical Correct. as a, a judge or a magistrate to... Right, so I, that's why... That's why the magistrate to held to those standards, yes. correct? Yes, we have to be fair and unbiased. Fair, fair and unbiased. I love it. Okay. So, Holly, you're a local to Jefferson County. Tell me about your background, where you grew up, where you went to school, what you do for a living, all that fun stuff. Um, I was born here in Jefferson County. I grew up in Ranson, attended all of um, the local schools. I was a Jefferson High graduate and received the Robert McCormick Scholarship. What's... What does that mean? Um, it's a scholarship that is offered to Jefferson students, which um, completely pay for your college as long as you stay in West Virginia. Wow. Wow, that's really, and pardon my sound editing, I'm turning my volume down and up every time I talk. So it's called the Robert? Robert McCormick Scholarship. That's really cool. Does that yes. mean you're like top of the class? Um, not necessarily. I um did make really good grades. There were other qualifications um, as far as being of good character and things like that. And they awarded several based on um, the funding at the time because I think it went through the Bank of Charlestown. And I think it was left as like a, a trust or something like that. Wow. And I think my graduating class, I think we had like 12 of us that got it that year. 12 people? I believe so. 12 people got full rides or, or, or even if it was 10. Yes. That's yes. amazing. Yes, a lot of them um, ended up losing it because there were um, strict requirements when you're in college. You know, you have to ha had to keep your GPA up and um, things like that. So I had to um, really buckle down and do what I needed to do. I graduated from Shepherd um, with a bachelor's in elementary education, but I was able to keep it through the whole um, the whole four years. That's really great. Yeah. And, that was a uh, big blessing. That was, your major was um, elementary education. What was, did you have a mind or anything like that? No, just okay. a bachelor's in elementary ed. So, and you live in Ranson currently? No, I live in Carnesville currently. I grew up in Ranson. Tell me about your family. Um, I have a husband and I have two children. Uh, my son Jacob is 10 and my daughter Emmeline is 3. Uh, any pets? Several. Several. I have goats. Ducks, chickens, rabbits, dogs, cats. I think that's everything. With ducks, do you have like water on your land? Um, swimming pools for okay. them. Yeah. That's cool. That's They fun. love it. We just filled it up this morning and they were out there splashing around. You got chickens? I do. Fresh eggs? Yes. That's delicious. Yes. I wish. I live in town. It's more difficult to have chickens in town. Um, but I do have a family of hawks which would probably just terrorize my chickens if probably. I did have them, right? They live up, up in those um those trees. It's this neat. I call them my pets because I watched the mother hawk actually train the junior hawks and how to dive between trees. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, that's sitting in my backyard watching hawks. Well, um, 
So your whole life pretty much in Jefferson County, how have you seen um, Ranson since that's where you grew up? Have you seen it change? It's definitely gotten a lot bigger. It was very small growing up um, here. My mom and I, I was raised by my mother, so it was a small community where I could walk. I would walk to school because I went to Ranson Elementary, and I would walk to my grandparents' house and things like that. So was it uphill both ways? <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> um, in six feet of snow, right? Well, of <laughs> um, no, it's just gotten a lot bigger, and the good part about that is it's definitely brought a lot of businesses into the area, which is nice, but with that comes different changes, and seeing the older people that have been here a long time they talk about the good old days and the way it was, you know, the little corner stores and things like that. That, um, that place, Billy's, have they closed permanently? Um, no, they moved over to the plaza in Ranson, and I don't think it's under, it's not under the same ownership that it had when I grew up. Oh, is it still open in Ranson? I mean, over in the plaza? Because I, I heard it closed. No, it's under new management, new oh, ownership. Okay. So it's open as far as with the situation currently. I'm not sure if it's open, but it's still a business there. Well, when I, when I think about, and I'm not from here locally, but when I think about Ranson, in it, if I try to s subtract out how big the hospital is or um, the annexing of the area over by Home Depot and Kohl's and chick-fil-a and all those sort of things i um i really only envision where city hall is um kind of a crossroads and one or two like mildred and those sort of streets that's how i kind of envision the old town ranson describe what it was like when you were growing up you pretty much just said it that was that was my ranson um i lived on mildred street uh grew up right there my mom worked where um the Harpers Ferry Armory is. It used to be an oil company. Yeah. And my mom was the um, secretary there for over 20 years. And I lived in the house and grew up right next door to it. Um, they were so old school that before my mom passed away and had to um, give up working, they still did not have a computer. She did everything through huge ledger books and everything was handwritten. So... I mean, that's kind of dating everything, but she that's what she did for over 20 years. Wow, that's really cool. It's really cool. Um, so you mentioned that you're not super fond of talking about yourself, you know, yes. and that you struggle to sometimes elaborate on some of my upcoming questions here. Um, I'll do my best. Oh, you know what? Before I ask that question, you're also a business owner. Correct. What, what business do you own? Um, I have the local Charlestown Sweet Frog. How long have you owned that? Um, since about 2016. 16, so almost, you're in your fourth year then? Correct. How's business? Right now, it's slow. Um, well, of course, I mean, nobody's, <laughs> With yeah. the current situation, yes. But we're still trying to operate the best we can, offering um, the curbside carryout and call-ahead ordering and things like that the best that we can. So it kind of takes the fun out of it because you don't get to create your own uh, creation there. We do it for you. But we're still trying to manage um, business. That's got to be tricky because if people don't know who are listening, a sweet frog is a frozen yogurt kind of distribution center. Mm -hmm. And then you, you kind of fill your own cup and then you go down a, almost like a buffet line of like cookies and candy and gummies and berries and all kinds of really neat toppings. And then at the end there's like sprinkles and then 
I don't know, maybe like chocolate sauce. It just, it can be a concoction of awesomeness. Um, and then you can mix the different flavors of um, yogurt. Is, it, is there ice cream too? Yes, we do have um, vanilla and chocolate ice cream, but everything else is yogurt. All right. And then um, they also have this option to do blending. Mm-hmm. And um, I bet most people just assumed that you were closed. So the fact that you could do curbside, I bet you're more experienced uh, sweet froggers, if you will probably could just call ahead and they know what they want right and we try to post on our facebook's um page current flavors and i believe my manager had set up something that showed a list of different toppings and stuff that that way if somebody wanted to call ahead or message us on facebook they could order it out exactly the way they wanted it and then we could make it and bring it out to them i think that's really really good um like right now i think uh, I think a lot of people would like to know that. Yeah, I mean, when I've been in there working in the evenings, I've had people come by and they're like, I didn't think you guys were still open. And I told them, I said, yeah, we are. We're trying to, you know, try to spread the word that we are still open. Yeah, I mean, that's, I would, I kind of want Sweet Frog. And then <laughs> like in the evenings when we're doing our family walks, because right. that's the thing you do right now. Is that's right. My wife and I walk around, although she's a super health nut, I really miss my candy. And I like. I think. I think it'd be great to walk down there and get one, especially as the weather's warming up. And you got to come up on kind of your peak season should be starting right now, right? Yes, and that's why it's really taking a hit because we had just started with the nicer weather for an early spring. We had started our business had started picking up, and now with this situation, it's really plummeted. And this is our prime time, like you said. I run a uh, snowplow company in Virginia. In Maryland and um, your early boom is a missed boom for me like we got I think a total of six inches of snow all year it crushed me I understand um, that it allows my painting business to get outdoors sooner luckily the governor deemed us as a trade that is essential so we're able to get some work done um, but listen up people sweet frog is still open call it in drive down walk down um, you know what's really neat too is I saw kids riding their bikes over in that parking lot across the uh, the little thoroughfare from you by the where Renew Yoga used to be. Yes. I saw like kids over there rollerblading and riding their bikes. I was like, that's that's neat. It's almost like a concrete park where there's not any cars because all those businesses are closed. But anyways, people get down to Sweet Frog and uh, get yourself a frozen yogurt and some candy on top. It's delicious. <laughs> um, so. Being a magistrate is kind of part of a community service position. Yes. Um, before we get off the sweet frog too much, talk about how you work in the community. Talk about how what you did for the hospital recently and um, what your spirit days are. Um, sweet frog tries to be as active as possible in the community. We get contacted a lot for um, different agencies and groups that want to do spirit nights where they have people come into the shop and we donate a 20% or more of our sales that day um, to whatever organization it may be, whether it's the Boys and Girls Club, the different um, local sports teams like Jefferson County Little League has done several. We typically take our mascot out to Jefferson County Little League's opening ceremonies and our, magis- or, um, 
our mascot runs the bases with the Chick-fil-A cow and oh, that's cool. things like that. So it's it's a lot of fun. And then we also try to help out schools. We'll do spirit nights for schools. We'll donate um, free cups to different uh, school things. Like if they do, typically in the spring, they would do what they call a spring fling and they would take donations and it would be the biggest fundraiser for that school. And we try to donate things there or take the mascot there, give out coupons, different things like that. And then um, just the other day, I donated um, a bunch of cups of yogurt to the local hospital for their workers. That's awesome. That's awesome. They've been working really hard, so I felt I felt the need to do that. I know small businesses are always getting hit up, always tugging on the heartstrings to help out one team or another or – I was asked to help paint something, and if resources are there, I try to help where I can. But it's really tough to identify which kind of charities or which foundations to donate either services to or money to uh, when there's so many people um, asking for things. Right. I, I would love to call on anybody who has had a event at your spirit. Like, what day is it, Wednesdays? Well, no, it can be any day throughout the week. Wednesdays are no way day. That seems to be the popular one. But they they usually just schedule it whatever day they want to, and then they promote it. And sometimes the um, the group or the organization may come and try to um, be there and be present, so people know what they're yeah. raising. Yeah, so people know what they're raising money for. We also let the boys scouts and the girl scouts set up out front and sell their cookies and popcorn different things like that we try to help out as much as possible as a businessman it's it's tough i mean this is how i feel as a businessman i i don't like giving things away for free mm -hmm. i mean i'm here to support my family i'm here to advance my business and deliver a service and it's really really hard to give something away and the fact that you take possibly one day a week and offer up 20 percent of your gross is really really generous and the community i'm sure appreciates it and if you've been involved with one of these spirit nights i encourage you and your people to put in an order online or get a hold of them call down and, and order it help these small businesses stay up and running i know two rivers treads had something recently where they gave away a bunch of gift certificates and i'm like in this era right now with covid19 and very little business traffic happening Take care of these local businesses. When you get this check that they're supposedly going to send out to everybody, spend that stuff locally. It is crucial to spend that money locally. And I know everybody has bills to pay, but take care of your neighbors. Take care of the businesses you like. The more we spread that money around, the better off and the faster we're going to recover as an economy. Um, so moving on, you're running for magistrate. How did that idea come up? You know, and you know, why did you want to decide to run? Well, I saw in the newspaper where one of the magistrates was retiring, and she was there when I used to work there. I was a clerk when I was going to college and part of my high school senior year, and I just had a I had a love what, for it. What does a clerk do? At that time, I was, um, the name's kind of funny, I was the worthless check clerk. Not that I was worthless, but I... Um, <laughs> I told you the name's kind of funny. Um, no, I took care and processed bounced checks for the county. So if somebody bounced a check to a business, the business would bring it in and file the paperwork to get the money collected. 
Gotcha. So that's what I did there. And how many years? Um, I want to say two or three. Okay. Um, I was there when the magistrate court building was in the old building across from the bank of Charlestown. I believe it's part of APU now. I'm not positive. And then when they moved to the uh, new building that they're currently in, I was one of the first people who worked there when that was open. So when I worked there, we still had three magistrates and, um, I just, I just liked the people. I liked the environment. I've always had, um, a love for the judicial system. It's always something that's been an interest to me. So I was talking to my son about it and I told him that it was something that I was interested in. And my son, he's like, mom, go for it. I think you could do it. I think you'd do a good job. So I did it. I went and applied to run and here I am. Is and you're currently a teacher? Correct. And what grade do you teach? Currently kindergarten. Okay. But I've been a second grade teacher and a first grade teacher, so I tend to stay on the primary end. Are you able to be a teacher and a magistrate at the same time? No. No? Is magistrate a full-time job? Yes. And um, what kind of timeline expectations, like what kind of schedule do they keep? Well, I mean, it's an everyday job. You go to work, you have your office hours, you have your court time, and you have your call week where you're on call. So, I mean, you're there when the courthouse is open, and you leave when the courthouse closes. You do your job. Um, and I think the, the call weeks are rotated, so you're not on call all the time. But when you are on call, obviously, you have to stay close by because you can be called out at any time. Sure, I get it. Um do you have any weird feelings about leaving education? Yes and no. I'm going to really miss the kids. Um, I love them very much. They're, it's, it's all I've known for 16 years. I'm going on my 17th year teaching, so it'll be bittersweet. I'm ready for the change, and um, I've helped a lot of students. I've employed some of my former students at Sweet Frog, which is kind of interesting. And then, you know, watching them grow, I'm still in contact with a lot of my students that are now in college and have graduated college. So that's kind of That's got to be amazing. It's, it's a lot of fun to watch them grow up. And, you know, they still, they still treat me like I'm their teacher. And, you know, they, they still call me Mrs. Silvius. And it's kind of weird. I'm like, you can call me by my first name. It's okay. We're not in school anymore. And, um... It's just, it's just neat to see them, and I've um, developed relationships with their families, and, you know, it's, it's been really nice. So the kids I'll miss, but I think I'm ready for the change. That's great. I, I personally struggle with, um, like, running for the idea of running for office. Mm -hmm. I, I struggle with it because sometimes the person that wins office is more or less... Um, the benefactor of a popularity contest mm -hmm. you know did they run a stronger campaign did they put their did they put 500 signs out instead of 50 did they put you know did they go out and shake more hands than somebody else it's not always whether they're the best fit mm -hmm. um and again i don't know the rules on how you're or what you're able to talk about when it comes to running for office because of the being a, a judicial candidate but for me it's like I'd want to be in for numerous terms. I know you haven't won yet, but mm -hmm. do you see this being something you want to pursue for many years? I do. At this time? I do. It's something that every four years, so 
definitely four years, but I want to continue. I would like it to be something that I could retire from. What does uh, retiring from magistrate consist of? Like, how is that? 20 years or is it a... I'm not 100% positive yeah. on that part of it. I haven't done that much research on that factor because I'm still, I'm not close to retirement age yet. So it's not, Very it's not point. on the front fort of my mind, but it's something that I see myself. I would like to end my working days being a magistrate. That's really cool. Okay. Um, what are some of the reasons why you really want to run? Do you feel like we covered that already or... I'm trying, um, I'm trying to draw more out of you, Holly. <laughs> um, well, I'm a local. I believe in the community. I love the community. The way I've always been um, talked about with the magistrate situation, it's a people's judge. So I'm one of the people here, and I feel like I could contribute and help shape adults, possibly, the way that I've shaped children and help them um, change their lives court can be scary. Um, I know that a lot of people, if they get subpoenaed or if they do something wrong, court's a scary place, and it, it shouldn't be. Um, there should be people there to help. That's what you're there to do. You're to help people, not necessarily just hand out um, rulings and things, but you need to listen to both sides of the story and help the victims and also help the people that are in trouble, help them hopefully make a change and get on a different path. How much research has to happen? Man, I, I, this is a question for somebody who's already in, I guess, but like I imagine there has to be a bunch of research to understand the laws and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Nobody knows everything, and laws do change. The books are updated uh, frequently, I believe. So the biggest thing is to not assume you know everything. Be willing to reach out, to look, and make sure that you're making the best decision because, again, at the end of the day, you have to follow the law. I get it. What, um, what traits do you think make a great magistrate? Somebody who... What do you think, I'm, I'm just tiptoeing around what you're able to talk about, but how can, how can you, how can one stay in office more than one or two terms, you think? I feel magistrates, like I said, they have to be unbiased. You have to be willing to listen to both sides of the situation, and your opinion doesn't matter. The law is the law rules are there to be followed. So in my opinion, you need to be open-minded. You need to be fair. You need to be willing to put the work in because again, sometimes you're going to have to do the research. You're going to have to look up things that you may not know about and be willing to do that. So you have to be hardworking, multitasking. There's, there's lots of things that you need to do to be a good magistrate. And magistrates deal with um misdemeanors and like public complaints is that correct civil suits um, civil up suits. to i believe it's ten thousand dollars okay so an example of a civil suit if i understand correctly is if i'm uh if this is a great one if somebody's <laughs> not happy with my painting job mm -hmm. and they don't want to pay me mm -hmm. i imagine a magistrate and I'm going to do all the talking here. That way you don't say anything you're not supposed to say mm -hmm. or allude to whatever. But I'm imagining a magistrate is somebody who determines 
well, there was a signed contract. Or, so, customer, just because the white isn't the right kind of white, there should be some terms that are that the two parties come to. Is that the kind of, uh, like a negotiation or like a, a civil suit? Is that like an example of one? Pretty much so. If you um, had a customer that was unhappy and you guys could not come to an agreement, whether it be you go back and repaint it the color that they want or something like that, then they could go into the magistrate court office and get the forms to fill out a, a civil suit. Right. And then the other way it goes the same thing is that if if they don't want to pay me, I can do the same thing to the home or to the homeowner and say, hey, these guys only pay me a thousand of the four thousand just because they said they weren't happy with how we cleaned up the dust at the end of the job. That's mm -hmm. the same sort of a civil suit kind of deal. Yes. It's interesting. I just never knew about any of that sort of stuff. Like I didn't. I wasn't aware that it's it's because I've I've had a couple jobs. We've done hundreds and hundreds of projects over the last eight years. Um, but every once in a while. One third of one percent of the time is what we pretty much calculated at. We haven't made the customer happy, and usually we've come to terms between the customer and I. But I, I've never been burned. But I hear people getting burned all the time, whether it's a contractor or the homeowner. Somebody paid out. Uh, I gave them four thousand dollars over the course of four weeks, and they've only done like twenty percent of the work, mm -hmm. and there's only a thousand dollars left in there what they quoted it at. I'm not confident they're going to get the job done. I imagine that's um, something that matters to see from time to time. Mm -hmm. um, all right, cool. Um, uh, I had another question on my mind, and I'm trying to think of what it was. What, Holly, what else do you want to tell us about yourself um, and, and why people should vote for you? That's a hard one. I, I told you I don't like talking about myself. I know. Um, I just feel like I have a really strong connection to the community. I've lived here my whole life, 38 years. I've seen a lot of things change for the good, for the bad, um, but change regardless. And I feel like my connection to the community is something that I can use to make sound decisions about the, the community because I live here, I've grown up here, um, I'm involved in the community in many ways. I see the good, I see the bad, I see situations. And um, being of my age, I feel like I'm more connected to some of the situations in the community. I see what's going on and um, I'm able to look at both sides and understand um, the things that are going on and hopefully help keep the area safe, help keep the um, I mean, I have kids. My kids are going to grow up here. I How want old are your kids? Um, ten and three. Gotcha. Yeah. So I just, I just want to be here to help the community. That's great. How about meet and greets? Have you done any meet and greets yet? Um. Well, with the current situation, I did have one scheduled for um, last month, but under these circumstances, we had to cancel that. I was able to get out some before all of this, but my actual one with me um, was scheduled for the end of March, and like I said, we had to cancel that. Do you know the other people who are running for magistrate personally? In my division? Or anywhere? Um, 
I know um, Kristen Vogel is running in Division One, and um, she and I have known each other for a, a while. And then I've also um, met Dinesha in Division One. Vicki D'Angelo is running unopposed in Division Two, and I used to work with her when I worked at Magistrate Court um, back in high school and college. She was a magistrate assistant at the time. Cool. So I do know her. My two opponents, I don't really know. Okay. Um, when it comes to fundraising, you said that there's some tricky rules as yes. to what's allowed and what's not. Mm-hmm. You know, so you could go and say, "Hey, um, what other somebody you know who might be interested in having you win?" You say, "Hey, Kevin Brackens, give me five hundred dollars." I can't for, do that. You can't do that. No, I cannot personally ask. <laughs> So that's where your committee and your treasurer come into place. What what's a committee then? Okay, so your committee could be people that are there to help you. And um every every magistrate uh candidate has to have a treasurer because we're not allowed to handle the money. It doesn't you can't hand me a check. You would have to take that through my treasurer. Oh, and that's that unbiased thing. Yes. So do you I'm be- not supposed to really know who's making that was donations. My next yeah, I'm not supposed to know who's making donations to my campaign. This is very challenging. It is, and especially with this situation, because I can't get out there and meet people. I can't shake hands. I can't be out in the public being myself. Have you considered doing any sort of picking a topic? I mean, you don't even know how to talk about things. <laughs> this is like... It's hard. It's people, very hard. People are voting not knowing where you stand. Mm-hmm. So it has the vote has to be based on character? Is that... I mean, yeah. But you definitely want somebody of good character in that position. But you don't get to know somebody's character without asking tough questions about certain topics. Right. Oh, this is a pain. This <laughs> I know. Wow. Um that's what's making this podcast difficult too, is that I I know there's I, I wanna ask all kinds of questions and I could talk my I could ask my ask a question and answer it myself, but nobody wants to hear me. They want to hear you. <laughs> Um, I was, so I was thinking, like, why not do, like, a Facebook Live and talk about why you're running? That's something I've looked into. I'm in the process of working something like that out. Like, I think a good delivery system would be where you pick, you explain what a magistrate is. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm Holly Silvius. Here's right. Here's what a magistrate is to me. Here's why it's important, and you know, blah blah blah, and then, and turn it off, and then, three days later, have a different one, and then have your friends share it. Is that? Yeah. Um. There was a, a write-up in the Observer. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in the actual paper. It was on their Facebook page back in I want to say February about me, just kind of introducing myself. Um, I do a little bit better in writing than I do speaking. Um, You're doing great. <laughs> nerves but um no so that was there and then they are supposed to be posting something on their facebook again and then um there will be something coming up in the journal from what i've been told so there'll be some other avenues but it looks like social media is going to play a big role in this election due to the situation of not being able to get out and like i said knock on doors meet people shake hands hold meeting greets and things like that so voting day is 
the 9th. We're not going to be out of this quarantine by the 9th. Right. I mean, I don't think anybody, if anybody does believe it, they're really being wishful. But Mm -hmm. how do we go and vote? Well, the last I heard that they were supposed to be mailing the absentee ballot applications to every registered voter. I don't know if they're still doing that in the time frame that they originally allotted because they've moved the election date. So I don't know if they're going to hold off on mailing those. But everybody who is a registered voter in West Virginia will get one. And um, I believe there's a section that you check regarding like illness or something like that as being the reason that you can't go to a polling place. So I think a lot of it's going to be through absentee ballots. So what you have to do is you have to fill out that ballot and return it or application. You have to fill out the application and return it in order to get a ballot. So just getting the application in the mail is nothing unless you fill it out and send it back in. (laughs) So... I can still wear a mask and gloves and go vote in person. That's still the plan. I'm not 100% sure on that. I'm not I'm not positive what they're doing. I need to get Miss Painter on this podcast to break it down. But then again, it keeps shifting. There's a lot right. of podcasts I'm holding back on. Mm-hmm. We have one tomorrow with um, a banker who thinks she has a grasp on how this SBA for small businesses is going down. Mm-hmm. But every day it keeps changing. Right. So we can't get straight answers. So I don't want to have the podcast until... We have good answers. Another thing you have to think about, though, with the in-person voting, Mm -hmm. all the schools are locked down. And schools, most oftentimes, are polling places. So if the schools are locked down, that eliminates a lot of polling places. And then also churches are polling places. And a lot of those, of course, have stopped holding services. I don't know if the building's completely locked down. And then poll workers there has to be a certain number of people at the polls because there's a very um regimented system in place for that so again then you have to have people this is insane (laughs) i agree this covid shenanigans has got the whole i mean just like personally i like to only focus on my own personal economy and what i mean by that is a, a bubble of control and influence And in my mind, I don't like to be heavily involved in anything I can't run to with my own feet. Right. So really, I'm a 20-mile bubble. Mm -hmm. And I don't get involved in the national politics. I don't get involved in a lot of heavy state politics, although I'm starting to dabble in understanding what's happening around the state. But this COVID is so penetrating, it's right in the middle of my own personal economy. Like, it's really here, and, you know, my staff are all locked up in quarantine mm-hmm. just because they had a sniffle. They went and got checked. Right. Was in lock- we fully locked them down, even though we're deemed essential. But the things, there's so many things we take for granted. Right. And then we assume the voting system is as simple as going to that high school. But And I'm supposed to paint a high school Yeah. in June. I know that my polling place where I vote is a church. So, like I said, with the buildings being locked down, I well, don't think that's going to be an option. I imagine they'll open them. They're locked down to children. They're locked down for operations from an education point of view. You've got to start, and that's the only way we're going to start to come out of this quarantine, is by slowly bending the rules. Are, can, is it safe? Can we... If there's a moderator, if we provide the gloves and the um, masks to the volunteers, 
if we put the axes on the, the tile that you're standing on, six feet, and then only open one-third of the polling opportunities, and the people who can't get to these polling opportunities, they can also apply for that absentee ballot, right? Mm -hmm. That's how... I, you know what? I can't think of I know her last name's Painter, but I, I want to get her. Nikki. Nikki Painter. I need mm -hmm. to get her on the podcast. Not only does that break down the voting process on just a little county, just one little county. Right. But then how in the world are they handling this? This is crazy. She's probably in the same boat with things changing all the time. Well, this is called the break it down for brackets. So I, <laughs> I want things broken down for me. So for fundraising, you can't ask for money, but no. you can say, hey, I want these five people on my p committee, in parentheses, and they're in charge of rounding up support for you to run for office. And then let's say they raise $1,000. Okay. You spend that on, do you spend it or does the committee spend it? My treasurer has to spend it. God bless it, the treasurer. So the treasurer is part of the committee or outside of the committee? I would consider her part of the committee. Okay. I, I never know the rule where the rules start and stop. So then the treasurer spends the money based on things that you want. Yes. Hey, I need signs. How many signs did you get? So far I have 50, but we're working on getting more. Right. And you're not allowed to know where the money comes from. Correct. Man, this is, this is really an, I, I guess it's, it's very tricky, and that's why sometimes I get nervous about speaking, because I don't, I don't always want to be that person saying, "I'm sorry, I can't talk about that," because I feel like people might think that I'm just saying that to get out of answering you're being a question. Dodgy. Yeah, you're but, not. That's part of the. But I, I want the podcast too, because anybody I talk to who is running for magistrate, we are we we talk about this specifically. So it's it is not an excuse to get out of the conversation. Correct. It's a. It's a fact and a law mm -hmm. that says you can't. Correct. But it makes... So then how does somebody win? Votes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easy answer. Uh, well, I know it's votes, Holly, but basically I'm saying it comes down to just smashing people's social media, putting your face out there as much as possible, relating to as many people as possible on a personal level, Telling people how local you are, explaining how the process works. That's it. Pretty much. Man. You magistrates are not proving to be <laughs> really good content providers on my podcast. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are your plans for social media? Besides well, I, that little video? I do have a Facebook page and okay. an Instagram. And I try to post regularly. Well, Actually, I don't always do the posting. Most of the posting comes from my committee because, again, I have to watch what I put on there. So oh my, God. my committee pretty much runs my Facebook page. The committee, are they held accountable for saying the wrong things? They always run everything by me to make sure that they're within, you know, so that they don't overspeak or anything like that. But nothing on any of the Facebook pages or anything like opinionated or anything like that. A lot of it's just factual information such as when the votes are, this is where things are happening, um, events that, that I was able to attend before everything got locked down and things like that. So then Holly, how am I supposed to know who to vote for for magistrate? Like how do you know if you can't dial in character, if you can't dial in posture or positions it just comes down to what well i mean 
most of the candidates do have Facebook pages, and I always encourage people that if they have a question or if they want to get to know one of us, message us on Facebook. Our phone numbers are public. They're there. Give us a call. Have a conversation. But just realize, again, there's a lot that we can't say. Um, but if there are questions that you want to ask, if we can answer them, I'm sure any of the candidates would be more than welcome to have a conversation. Okay. I'm frustrated. <laughs> I um, I know with D Dinesha, we, we talked about the same sort of thing, <clears throat> and I'm not trying to find a different answer. I'm just trying to figure out who to vote for. Right. Does that make sense? It does. And I, and I imagine what I really hate about this is it might just be about a popularity contest. You know, I just, that, that bugs me if I can't identify the talents. Mm -hmm. And and the reasons why I would vote for one person or another. Mm-hmm. And then the, I mean, it's all based on the bias thing. I guess that's why other judges are appointed. Right. Could be. Right. What have I not asked you that I should ask you? Um. Not sure. What else do you want to share? I'm trying to draw it out of you. I know. I mean, I we're, know. Ra we're wrapping up, but at the same time, I, I don't want to miss anything. And we've gotten better with this. People don't always message me anymore about what they wanted to say. Oh, I should have said something. Oh, I, I, <laughs> Kevin, I just thought of something I should have said. And I'm like, well, we've already stopped recording. But is there anything that, off the top of your mind that can we look for Facebook Live videos? I'm hoping to do one, yes, <clears throat> at least at least one to kind of introduce myself. This podcast is going to be great. Other, like another means, hopefully people listen. They'll get to know a little bit about me. Like I said, message me. I'm open to that. Reach out to the people and get yourself educated on the people running for magistrate. Ask them questions. Try to talk to them. Um, try to relate to them. When I cast voted cast votes in the past i looked at the person you know um it is a nonpartisan race so it doesn't matter what affiliation you are um which i think i assume is... you're not even allowed to say <laughs> right you're not allowed to say it's because not... then someone's going to be like oh well i'm going to vote for her because she's this or that right well, uh... like you and i were talking earlier i mean the law is the law it doesn't matter what uh party you're affiliated with so that's why I'm glad that it is a nonpartisan race because it really shouldn't matter. Um, so just just do your research. Talk talk to the people. Like if the COVID-19 thing wasn't going on, you could talk to the people. You would have an opportunity to come to their meet and greets or to come to the events and listen to us speak um, and ask questions in person. Um, now... COVID-19 put a damper on all of that. So that's why I encourage if you have questions, reach out and ask. That's a neat that's a neat perspective there. Maybe and the thing is, my podcast doesn't have a huge following. Like my social media game on this is really weak. Mm -hmm. I use this as the conversations with you and I. I right. I, like I'm learning about you. I'll see you at Martin's. I'll <laughs> yes. be like, Holly. Yes. And then when you're at Martin's, you can go next door. Of course. Just say yeah. it. <laughs> right. But the thing is, the minute you came through the COVID-19 gates, which is just my, my driveway, uh -huh. that was my first time ever seeing you. Mm -hmm. I definitely would not know who you are. So 
I use this podcast to meet people and to really get to learn about people on mm-hmm. every kind of different topic. And I feel like it's having a recorded quality conversation where a lot of times I sound so dumb. I ask a lot of dumb questions or I, or you can almost hear it on the podcast as I'm working through mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Like with Katie, before you came in mm-hmm. about tarot cards. <laughs> oh Lord. I didn't know anything about that. Right. Now I could explain 5% of it. There you go. But I mean, that's, that's a pretty cool thing. Mm-hmm. But I get these quality conversations where I get to know somebody and it's challenging with you magistrate candidates because you can't talk about anything of substance. Right. That is the opposite of my podcast's mm-hmm. agenda. So what I think a great idea would be if I had a stronger social media following or if I had people who wanted to engage more because people are just busy with all the stuff they do anyways. I wish there was a way to submit questions mm-hmm. from my guy. I could then go, let's go to the questions. Right. Tony from Shepherdstown says, blah, 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 blah. And you were like, can't answer it. I was like, okay. <laughs> Samantha from Harper's Ferry asked, blah, 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 blah. And you'd be like, yes, the answer is yes. Oh my God, bless. That, that, that. But I would like, I think it, it'd be great if the public would help me be able to ask questions. And I would even let the candidates see the questions ahead mm-hmm. of time. Um, I just don't have that poll. Right. You know, people just really aren't that super interested in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and where it, it becomes beneficial to you is if you're happy with it, you can share it. You can share it as part of a get to know me. I get right. to be on a podcast. Right. That's, that's pretty cool, I think. Just I being agree. on a podcast. I agree. Um, it's probably just second to being on the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cool thing about a podcast is you can just play it anytime you want to, though. It makes it right. a bit better. Um, yeah, the run for magistrate thing uh, ties our hands a lot. Um, isn't there a class you have to take before you, or something like that? If if you um, get elected magistrate, then yes, of course, you have to go away for training and things like that. No, I mean the other thing, in that you, they have to tell you all the rules. There was a class, um, I believe Dinesha went to that because she filed her pre-candidacy much earlier I see. and I didn't do the pre-candidacy because I just decided so I did not get to take that uh, class but yes there was a lot of stuff laid out for ethics and things like that it was a very valuable class from what I heard okay any questions from me Holly <laughs> I don't think so no okay well good luck with your campaign thank you voting day is June at this time it is June 9th mm-hmm and check with your um, county voting uh, decision makers to see as things shift and change due to COVID and what your opportunities for voting are. Um, get over to Sweet Frog, put in an order, uh, and have them bring it out to the curbside. That's a great place to walk to if you're in the Charlestown or Ranson area. It's a nice little brisk walk over there, but hey, or drive over. And. Um, these magistrates literally cannot talk hardly about anything because they say so unbiased, it makes it hard to, to pull out things about them. Um, and if you don't have any questions from me, I guess we'll wrap up. Yep. Just remember Division 3, Holly Silvius. Make sure you fill out your absentee ballots and get those in if that's an option that you want to explore so that your vote is counted. One more quality question. Okay. And I, we didn't even talk about this. Uh-oh. It's not even a gotcha moment. It's okay. just, just a, 
Why is it important to vote? Well, so many people don't vote. I agree. And that was one thing I was excited for when I got eight, turned 18. Um, I wanted to vote because every vote counts. And that was something that was always instilled in me growing up is if you want change, you need to vote. You need to make your voice heard. So it's an opportunity to say, I took part in something. I did my civic duty. I voted. And that's it. Branson is your hometown. Correct. You got to find a way to get your hometown out. Popularity contest. That's how it's got to go. Um, okay, good. Well, thanks a lot. Holly Silvius from Magistrate, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. Great. This podcast is brought to you by City National Bank in Ransom, West Virginia. I am Melissa Knott and manage both of our Jefferson County locations. Our Charlestown location is located on George Street in Charlestown, and the Ransom location is located in the Potomac Marketplace Shopping Center. City National Bank is a full-service community bank that provides an array of financial services. We offer a range of free checking accounts and savings products for both consumer and business customers. City National Bank offers competitive low-rate and low-cost lending products for both business and personal needs. Come and talk to me or one of my team members and get products and services that are tailored to fit your schedule and help you to achieve your financial goals. I can be reached at both the Ranson and Charlestown locations. Check out our website at www.bankatcity.com. Today's intro song is called Mean in a Good Way. It's written and performed by Peter Clark off of his album, Peter Clark After Dark. Peter <laughs> Peter describes this song as being the best song to learn hula hooping to. Peter is an avid hooper and recently started a hula hoop repair business. If you ever need hula hoop repair, consider contacting Peter. You can reach him on SoundCloud. Just search Peter Clark After Dark.